You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. Well, good morning. Happy Easter. Yeah, some of y'all got your coffee going. That's good. Hey, my name is Chris. Welcome to Crosspoint. I'm one of the pastors here. and We're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. And so I'm going to get you kind of warmed up, get you going a little bit, making sure you're here and you're alive. Um, there's a person next to you. They're your neighbor. Look at them and say, thank you for taking a shower today. <laughs> appreciate that. It's awful. All right, so you're awake. It's amazing what a shower will do for friendship, isn't it? Well, hey, life is a journey. And uh, this past week, I passed one of uh, the significant milestones, I guess you would say, on life's journey this past week. And it got me reflecting on life and all the sights and sounds and people that I've met over the years. And um, even, even thinking about even, and this sounds weird, but even the smells of life. Um, a friend of mine, we were talking even a couple of weeks ago, we were just talking about the, having had both of us having had the opportunity to travel around the world and be in different places. And, and you get to meet really interesting people and get to hear their life story and whether they're Jesus followers or not, whatever all that is and how we connect in that way. But then also in different places around the world, smells smell differently. But one of the smells that is always the same is the smell of poverty. And I don't know if you've ever smelt the smell of poverty, but it, it is repulsive. It overwhelms you. And so what was one of the things we were just talking about, it's, again, reflecting over these things and people and places and smells and sounds. And, and uh, it hit me again this week because I watched a show I hadn't watched in a long time that I used to only watch when I would go to my grandparents' house during the summer. And it was, I'm not going to tell you the show, but um, I would watch the show. And when I started watching it this week, I could smell my grandmother's house. And the cooking. Isn't that interesting how our brains do that? And so my wife, I've been telling her, you got to cook this, you got to cook this, you got to cook this, because uh, that's what grandma would have done. But isn't it interesting how along life's journey, there's these mile markers that we reflect and we reminisce and think about all those different things. And, and as I was talking with my wife about what I was thinking about this week and preparing the message, we were talking about how, um, how many, so many times we, we hear a song on the radio um, when we're driving or traveling, and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember what I was doing at this time, at this time. And so even how music is interestingly a part of so much of our journey of life, and your traveling life, and, and songs pop up, and you're drawn back to those moments and those events. And so, interestingly enough, much of life has a background track. And this morning, we sang some songs that maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but they're drawing us to an, a person and an event, They draw us to the person of Jesus Christ and and celebrating who he is and what he has done, but also the event, the event of his life, his death, and his resurrection. And so this morning, I want to take us on a couple of journeys together. And as I'm thinking about that and thinking about some of the background music of life and thinking about, hey, here's some songs that maybe will kind of get you in that mood. And and so I've, I've picked a couple of songs, a journey songs, not journey the group, but traveling journey songs um, for us to just be kind of begin to think about what, what's where am I at on the road of life as you kind of reflect. And so you'll some of these are for different age groups and you'll like, oh, yeah, you'll start singing them and you'll you'll know how old or how young you are. 
apparently, okay? So the first one I was thinking about was by Nat King Cole on Get Your Kicks on Route 66. Some of y'all know that one. Or uh, this group called The Beatles had a song called Drive My Car. Uh, remember that? Or The Beach Boys, The Little Deuce Coop. Yeah, yeah. Or this electrical group, um, ACDC, they sang this song called Highway to Hell. <laughs> yeah, the, first, the second service, they really liked that song. I don't know. They were like, had some air guitar stuff going on. Um, this guy named Willie down the streets on the road again. You know, obviously, and, and we understand that he's sometimes in a haze. So he's hanging out with uh, Prince, and Prince is in a purple haze when he's riding in his little red Corvette. Um, this was a song that came out when I was starting to drive, and, and uh, the song was uh, Get Out of My Dreams and Get Into My Car. You know, it was uh, probably a lot of teenage guys' deal. And then um, I don't going to say who in my family, this is their theme song, but um, I Can't Drive 55. By Sammy Hagar. I mean, it's like start to really fast, you know. I don't know who that is. It could actually be me. Um, and then in seventh and eighth grade, when I was really tall playing basketball, um, this was one of the songs that we'd kind of get ramped up to, Run DMC, Walk This Way. Um, that one, yeah. And then um, there was a time where I was, this was eighth grade. Actually, I remember this moment vividly. Um, eighth grade, I was at a Christian camp. We were in the bookstore, and uh, there was music playing and stuff. It's, you'll, you'll understand why why I was in a bookstore in eighth grade. But Christian camp, and there was this girl that I thought was really cute. I mean, it's camp. It's spiritual. I'm talking about Jesus with her. And, um, and this song came over. And I tried to work it into my little spiel, but the song was by you too. And it said, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And uh, I tried to work it in and she didn't take it. So there we go. But, um, and then some of the younger people may know, uh, Life is a Highway by Rascal Flatts. Um, This is a song that I would blast through my truck when I was teaching my kids how to drive. Carrie Underwood's Jesus Take the Wheel. (laughs) Or um, maybe the most... Well-known current music theologian is Taylor Swift, and uh, one of her early songs, Our Song, y'all know that one, so again, kind of life experiences as everybody starts singing that. So along the road of life, we've experienced and learned much, right? And so life is very much a trip. There's a journey on what we're doing, and from moment to moment, day by day, month by month, year by year, we experience and learn new things, and, and music is definitely a part of that. And today, we've sung some, some, some songs, and it's kind of raised us up to think about who this Jesus is and who he is to us. And Jesus is a person. There's no doubt that Jesus lived and existed. Historically, there's more evidence about Jesus than there has been about any other person in all of history. So if you believe in George Washington or if you believe in Abraham Lincoln, then there's no reason to not believe in the person of Jesus Christ. The question for us this morning is, what do you believe about him? What do you think about him? What are you going to do with him? So this morning, that's my question for us. That's the journey that I want to take us on. I want us to even look back to the day of the resurrection and even the disciples who lived with Jesus for three and a half years. These were men who spent three and a half years with him. They saw all of the miracles. They experienced life on a deep level with the Son of God, the Messiah, And even at the resurrection, they were confused. And so surely there are some of us along the journey, the road of life, faith life in particular, that we're going to have some confusion. 
So I want us to jump in in Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13, and look at this idea of traveling along roads, the roads of life together in pursuit of Jesus. In Luke chapter 24, verse 13, before we jump in, there's these two disciples, and these disciples had been hanging with Jesus. They knew him well, okay? And so they're together, and what had happened prior to verse 13 is the resurrection had happened. Some women showed up at the tomb, and the stone had been rolled away, and so they were kind of caught off guard. And an angel showed up to these three women and said, hey, why are you looking in there? Jesus is alive. And so immediately... They scurry back to the place where a lot of the disciples were at, where people were kind of hanging out, and they'd been grieving. They'd been mourning like they would naturally do because Jesus had died. And so they run into the room, and I imagine them just like bursting down the door and coming in and saying, He's not there! He's not there! And they're like, Who's not there? Jesus! And they're like, Oh my gosh, who's stolen? Right? I mean, wouldn't that be the first thing you think? What did they do with them? And they said, no, 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 some angels showed up and they said, no, he, he wasn't so, he is alive, he is alive. We didn't see him, but he's alive. And so Peter and a couple of guys just scurry back and they peer into the tomb and they're like, yep, he's not here. And imagine them going back to the place that they were staying and sharing, listen, we don't know where he's at, but, but he is not there. The, what the women are telling us are true. And so here's where we join that story in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. It's two disciples are walking. It says this. Now that same day on Sunday, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking about, with each other about everything that had happened. And again, you can imagine, here's two guys have been hanging out with Jesus. They've been in the story, and then all of a sudden he's dead. And just the confusion and the hurt and the depression and everything that's going on in that moment of grief. And they're like, what is going on? Because now they have new information of Jesus is not there, and they're trying to figure that out. And so as they walked and talked and discussed these things with each, with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked, and walked along and came with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. I want to kind of pause there for a second because it's like, well, didn't they spend three and a half years with Jesus? Surely they would recognize him. The original translation said God kept their hearts and their eyes from knowing who he was. So it's interesting. So God had a reason, obviously. So we'll see that here in just a second. But, but they, Jesus kind of steps into the story with them and begins to walk with them for seven miles. And these are two guys who've been doing life with Jesus for three and a half years. And so you can imagine if they knew that Jesus had stepped in, it would kind of change the whole situation of the conversation. But now they just think they're talking with the guy. And as we'll see, they think they're talking with the guy who doesn't even know the story. Okay? And so he asked them, as someone who's just kind of showing up, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, kind of stopped, imagine going like, dude, where have you been? And their faces were downtrodden and downcast because in the midst of their grief, they're like, how have you not heard the story? One of them, named Cleopas, which shows that they're Southerners in the Bible, <laughs> asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. All the people. Now recognize, they didn't say he was the Messiah. They had already begun to change their language to like what everyone else had already saying, is that he's a prophet, he's powerful in word and deed, but they didn't know that he was the Messiah. And so they had shifted their language to, we don't even know who he is. We know he was a prophet, we know he was powerful, we saw the miracles, but who is he? The chief priests and the rulers 
handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hope that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. I think they'd been with him for that entire holy week. They'd been there when Jesus came in on the young donkey and they were throwing palm branches before him the week before. And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna is the King of Kings, is the Lord of Lords. May you sit on your throne and rule forever. And what they were thinking was Jesus on that donkey was going to come into town and drive right up to the door of King Herod and walk up to the throne and sit on it and say, it is finished. And that he would be the king of all of Israel and everything would cease and that Israel, the nation, would have peace. That's what they were envisioning. And in this moment, that's why they're downcast. They're like, what we thought was going to happen before his death surely didn't happen. And now here we are and we don't get it. And what is more, on the third day since all of this took place on Sunday morning, in addition, some of our women amazed us are recounting the story. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of the companions went to the tomb, this is Peter, and found that the woman had said, just as the women had said, and they did not see Jesus. And now this is Jesus' turn. Again, they don't know who he is, and he begins to talk with them. And he said to them, how foolish you are. Now think about this. The disciples that were hanging out with Jesus would have been people of the book. That's what they studied. That was their grammar. That was their ABC. That was their math book. That was all that they did in addition to beginning at a certain age, begin to learn a trade. About eighth grade, you either go on to high school or you begin to learn a trade. And so these men had studied the Old Testament. They knew the Torah. They had to memorize almost all of it. They understood it as best they could possibly understand it. And they had walked for three and a half years with everything that they had been studying as young men pointed to the Messiah. And they had lived with him and they did not understand fully who he was. And so now for seven miles... They're about to go to seminary or Bible school with Jesus and not even know it. And I think the reason that he gives them that God doesn't show them who he is in that moment, one, it would have changed the whole conversation, but he's allowing them, one, we don't know who the disciples are, so there's no embarrassment there. And now he's showing them the fullness of the gospel so that they can take it back to the other disciples and see, oh, yes, without a shadow of a doubt, this is, he is the Messiah, and here is why. He crossed every T and dotted every I of the prophecies of the Old Testament. And he said to them, how foolish you are, those of you that are people of the book, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, what did he do? He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Can you imagine as they're walking for seven miles and Jesus is like, yeah, you remember in Genesis chapter 2? Yeah, do you remember in Isaiah 56? And he just begins to just rattle off all these different things and they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And just the, the aha moments after one after another. And if you're a teacher, you get it. There's those moments where you're just like, I, I just pray that they'll, the light bulb will come on. And as they're walking with Jesus, can you imagine light bulb after light bulb? After a light bulb was like, oh my, how foolish we were that we were walking with the Messiah and we didn't fully get it. 
And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And he was at the table with them, and he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and began to give it to them. Now imagine, just a few weeks ago, they'd been at the Passover meal with Jesus. He'd washed their feet, he broke bread with them, and he said, hey, someone's going to deny me, I'm going to have to go to the cross. And so I'm sure these disciples are sitting around dinner table with Jesus again, and this is all happening, and one of them's probably leaning over the other one like, didn't we just do this recently with Jesus? This like feels familiar. You ever have those moments? Like, I think I've been here before. He broke bread and he gave it to them. And then guess what? Then their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. Wow. Seven miles with Jesus. He unfolded every T, every I, every comma, every period, every semicolon that pointed to him. He showed them verse by verse, moment by moment. And then in that moment, as soon as he broke the bread and handed it to them, I imagine them receiving the gift from Jesus. And their eyes going, wow. And then immediately he disappeared. Look what they said after he left. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? Well, we talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures. They knew in their soul, in their spirit, that they were in the presence of Jesus, but still in the midst of their confusion, they didn't understand the fullness. And the same is true for us. On the road of life, we don't always get it. And we have the ability to look back. And we still don't get it. There's moments of confusion. There are moments of we just need some more understanding. We need a little bit more teaching. We need a little bit more of just Jesus opening up our eyes and and allowing him to just walk with us. Because there's moments along the road of life that God is doing something in our lives and we don't even recognize it. Until he breaks the bread and says, this is my gift. That's one road. What would the music have been? Along that journey, what would the disciples have been listening to on the road to Emmaus? Another road that I want to take you down is a road again reminiscing about a year ago. I had the opportunity to be in Israel and to walk along roads that were thousands of years old. And one of the things that I thought as I was walking down these Roman roads that were thousands of years old was how come we still have potholes where I live? And they just fixed them like two weeks ago. Maybe we could get these guys to come over and do it. I mean, there's people walking, there's buses and cars, and 2,000 years old. And to think about walking those streets with Jesus, and to think about the sights and the sounds and the smells of those moments, of what would it have looked like to walk in those days? I think about Paul walking, and it's the perfect time in history. If you know anything about history, it was the first time in world history that there was Peace over all the known world. Relative peace. There were roads built by the Romans where you can get to anywhere in the known world safely and easily, and every mile was marked. And there was a Roman guard and Roman centurion at every mile. There was safety. 
That's why even the Bible says if a Roman soldier asks you to carry his pack, because you're going to come along one if you're walking the road, if you come along a Roman soldier and he asks you to carry his pack, don't just carry it one mile, carry it two. You're going to have moments in life where someone asks you to carry their pack and you're going to be like, ah. Jesus says, go not just the one mile that's required by law, go the second mile. Because that's the heart of a servant. And so here Paul talks about what it means for us to walk the Roman road to life. And so just for a second, I want us to look at the road to Romans that Paul talks about that leads to life. And the first mile marker that I want you to see is that all of us, as Amy talked about a little bit earlier on in worship, none of us are perfect. None of us have arrived. So the first mile marker is our problem. And that problem is this. In Romans 3.10, it tells us there's no one righteous, not even one. That when we go into the courtroom of God, he looks at us and he says, you are not righteous. You have messed up. All of us have messed up. And why does that matter? Because all of us have sinned. All of us have messed up and fall short of the glory of God. That every day that your arrow of your life, when you pull back on that arrow and you shoot for the bullseye of perfection, since the day you were born, you will never have hit the bullseye of perfection and you never will. And you will always fall drastically short. You cannot hit perfection in your own strength, in your own wisdom, in your own knowledge, in your own wealth. Nothing you have allows you to reach that perfection. So why does that matter? Because all of those Falling shorts, all of those sins, is equal to death. You've earned death. We've earned death. The payment for all of those things is falling short. It's a separation for all eternity from God. And here's the awesome thing. Throughout Scripture, there's always problems, and God has a tendency to step in. And when God steps in, there's always this thing called but. You ever heard that? But. Here's the da 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 But. Here's the but. But, instead of earning the wage of separation of death for all eternity, but God has given us a gift. Because we can never earn it. So he's chosen us to give us a gift to have life with him now and for all eternity. And that gift is through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have life with him and to the full. That's the first mile marker. The second mile marker is this, is that we have hope because of what Jesus did in Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still earning the payment of death and shooting for perfection and falling short, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Again, we didn't earn it. It is a gift. It's the ultimate show and tell. Every once in a while, my wife has said to me, you say you love me, but your actions aren't matching. Here's the beauty of the gospel. is every single time God says he loves us. His actions match his words. He never falls short. He's the ultimate show and tell. He demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still 
far away from him, he died for us. The third mile marker. So then, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In those old days, even today, right? whatever comes out of the inside, whatever comes out of your mouth truly comes from your heart. And here Jesus is reminding us of that. And so if we declare with our mouth what we believe in our heart that, hey, we believe in Jesus and what he did. I don't fully necessarily understand it. I don't get all of it. I may need another seven-mile walk with Jesus and and to see where I need to go and and fully understand it. But you're never going to grasp. If God is God, we're never going to fully understand all of him because his ways are not our ways. And so to think that we're going to be able to wrap God up in a box and put him here and say, okay, I've got, I've got God in a box and I understand all of them, it's never going to happen. And that's the beauty of who he is and the messiness of who he is and of our humanity. But here's the beauty of us being saved is that when you receive the gift of salvation and you say yes to him, he offers you this gift. And when he offers you this gift, he enters into a contract with you. A business contract, and he says, since you've proclaimed me and you receive this gift and you take it as your own, now you are a child of mine. I've adopted you, and I will not unadopt you. Also, your salt pouch that you have on your pack that represents your life and my salt pouch that I have on my pack that represents my life and my words and deeds, let's exchange them. So God takes the salt out of his pouch and puts it in my pouch as I'm taking the salt out of my pouch and putting it in his. And he says the only way that this agreement can be broken is if you can find the exact salt granules that you took out of your pouch and put in mine. Because I'm never, as God, going to look for my salt. Because if anyone can find his salt granules, it would be him. And he says I'm never even going to begin to look. But I know that there's going to be times in life where you may want to run from the covenant and the contract that we made. But I will never run. I will be here today, tomorrow, and forever. And so everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. doesn't matter your education, your wealth, nothing. Do you want to know Jesus and receive the gift? That's it. And then finally is this, mile marker four. I think this is one of the things that we and our country and our nation and us individually need to grasp and get. As we've talked a lot at nauseum about mental health and, and, and wholesome. It's this. If you've said yes to Jesus and he's doing his work in you, here's the results of that. Therefore, because you've said yes... You now have been justified, just as if I'd never sinned. So there's a, there's a cleanliness, there's a wholeness and a rest in that. And therefore, then, we can now have peace with God. We should understand this as American culture because we are striving for to create an image for ourselves. You have Facebook, you have Snapchat, you have Instagram, you have LinkedIn, you, whatever you've got. All of those, doesn't matter what age you are, you've got something. And each one of those little things that you've got as far as a profile, you are creating an image for other people so that they will think what of you. And you work really hard. I say you, we all. Because listen, I know, I've done it, and I know I've seen some of you do it. You'll take a thousand photos, and you post one. Why? Because the 
Everything's got to be just right. It's, our, it's just who we are. And part of it is, is that we are in a struggle for peace with ourselves and finding identity and being okay with ourselves. Well, I, can I be okay with myself and will just someone love me? And so we're doing all of these things to present an image so that we can hopefully someone will like us enough, put a thumbs up. All the while, God says, listen, if you just say yes to me, you don't have to strive for all that anymore. You'll have peace with the one that matters. Because there's times that you get likes and you're like, I don't even know who that is. And then sometimes you get likes and you're like, I don't like them. I don't need their approval. And the one approval that matters, he says, if you say yes to Jesus, you'll have peace. And you can rest through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom now we've gained access into this grace, that we could now for all eternity stand in the courtroom of God. And when God looks out at from, us, from his seat of judgment, he doesn't see us, but he sees Jesus. And he says, because you're located in him through him, you've said yes to him. He sees us through him. And he says, you have been justified, made righteous, because you've received the gift of my son, Jesus Christ. So may you have rest in him. So, a long life journey. The question isn't really, did Jesus live and die and resurrect? We, it's, it's a historical fact. The question is, where are you at with him? What is your journey with him? This morning I want to do something a little different. I'll pray in just a second, but before I pray, I'm going to throw a QR code up on the screen. And I want you to take out your phones because I know you got them. Because you dress pretty, so you're going to take pictures. And we have a little picture thing over here if you want as well. But take out your phones. Seriously, take out your phones. Um, I've heard some of your phones earlier, so you're here. All right. It's going to show up on the screen. And, and scan it. And when you scan it, it's going to pop up. And so if you're in our circle already, um, it's going to pull up planning center you're going to know it and i'm not going to sell your information we're not going to do anything only thing we're going to do with your information is is we want to know where you're on the journey of your spiritual walk okay and if you reach out and say hey i want to talk to pastor chris i want to walk seven miles with emmaus with pastor chris um you can do that and so those kind of things and so we're that's what this is about so scan that qr code answer the different stuff it may ask you for your phone number if it's if it's new to you and um again uh jonathan's you're not going to sell it, right, Jonathan? He promised me. He promised me. And so he's not going to sell it. And, um, again, we're, as your pastors, we just want to know how can we serve you along the journey. None of us have arrived. How can we help you on your spiritual walk and your journey with Christ? Let's pray together. If you're at a place in your journey and you're like, hey, I, I, I hear what Pastor Chris is saying and I've never declared with my mouth i've never believed in my heart that jesus is who he says he was and today's maybe your day and so i'm just going to pray romans 10 9 and 10 if that's where you're at you're saying hey i need to say yes to jesus for the first time just just pray this with me i declare that jesus is lord and i believe in my heart he's raised from the dead father thank you for saving me and thank you for never running away from me. That this gift 
It's a gift that once you give it and once I receive it, it's mine and mine alone to enjoy, to figure out, and to know. And that you are, Jesus, you are the gift. Thank you. Maybe someone here this morning as we're praying together that, that you've said that prayer a while ago. But you're on a different path. You're like on a whole nother route. And so even to be here this morning is like, man, I've got a lot of stuff. If they just knew, listen, all of us in this room have stuff. We've all taken different routes and different paths and different highways and byways and country roads and messy, dark roads. But that's the good news of Jesus Christ. Just say yes and get back on the path that you know is the path and road to life and life to the full. And then maybe for some others of us, we've been on this road a long time and it's just like, yeah, we know Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're presented with opportunities around the, along the road of life to live and act and think and love like Jesus and we don't. We see someone with a flat tire in life and we just say, sucks to be you and keep going. When maybe we're the one to stop in the moment and be the hands and feet of Jesus because we've had a flat tire and we've seen thousands of people drive by us saying, sucks to be you. Maybe we're the one to be in that moment with them. Or maybe we've pulled up to an intersection and we see someone in a season of life where they're down, they're dirty, they've got a sign, and they're asking for help. And maybe our natural reaction is to begin to rationalize and to think through, like, well, that's their fault. This is why they're here. They've probably done this or do this or whatever. And so we begin to, to rationalize why we don't step in and help in those moments. That maybe we're stopped at the stoplight to offer a smile, to offer a handshake, maybe to offer a dollar, or maybe to take him across the street to Burger King or whatever it is. All of us in these different seasons of life, we have opportunities as people who proclaim to love like Jesus loves. And we drive by opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Our world needs us that proclaim Jesus to quit driving so fast, checking off tasks, and to stop and to help fix flats and to offer a meal or a cracker to someone in need and quit justifying why we don't help. Jesus stopped time for us so know wherever you're at on your road of life Jesus may you play the background music that we need to hear in our hearts and our souls spirit of God what you want to do this morning in our hearts and our lives may you do it may we just stop our cars and our vehicles here and just rest in you It's in your son's name that we pray.
Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Crosspoint Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Crosspoint Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.